0: amen well we're starting a new series today uh, over the next several weeks lead, leading up to our easter weekend and uh, our theme of course is is if amen that word that you will find throughout all of the bible which is such a small word but yet it has a huge uh, implications or a huge message for us that so much of what god does and what he can do is dependent on us our faith amen romans chapter 10 verse number eight so good to see your beautiful smiling faces and uh we're thankful to to god that we don't haven't had many many uh infections with this virus and it's it's getting better and better amen praise the lord great to have brother brad graham with us from shell harbor good to see you one of our ministers from our our church down in illawar and uh, others so good to see you thank you for all the birthday wishes and the greetings i had way too much cake (laughs) pain for it (laughs) amen romans chapter 10 let's stand in honor of the word of god verse 8 to verse 11 but what saith it the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart that is the word of faith, which we preach. He it says it's right there. it's near you, it's, it's in your mouth. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart, everyone say, believe. If you shall believe in your heart that the that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. I want to talk to you, and this is what we're going to focus on the next few weeks, on this simple thought. Believe. Believe. We're going to look at not only how we believe, but what we believe. And so much of what we believe determines and can determine our destiny not only believe for the here and now when you hear the word of god preached but i want us to examine our beliefs what we believe deep down in the core of our being amen so let us pray let's ask the lord to touch we have a prayer we need it's brother marlon's aunt uh, who, who's in hospital her name is sister nielsen And uh, we believe that God can heal. How many know God can heal? Uh, Losa, Nielsen, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for this precious woman today. We ask you to touch her, to heal her. Lord God, the seriousness of this condition. Lord God, you are able to perform a miracle. And so right now we're asking you to touch her, Lord. Recover. Let it be for a testimony, God, that you are still healing today. The people may know that there's power in Jesus' name. God, recover her now, Lord, we pray. And others that are struggling with their health, we think of Sister Kathy, Brother Lesser, Lord, God, at this time, Lord, we've had operations. We pray that you would recover them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heal them and bring them back to the house of God lord for your word here today we ask you to open our hearts once again that we may hear from you as you would anoint your servant empower us enable and equip us to hear and to speak your word here today so have your way lord as we give you glory and honor and praise in jesus name let's clap our hands one more time to the lord and thank him thank you jesus hallelujah glory to god God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Living in a time where things are just changing so fast. Technology in particular just can't seem to keep up. I thought I had a fairly new iPhone until I went to the iPhone store or to the store to get a new cover for my phone. And when, I, when he asked me what model it was, he kind of giggled and said how, how old it was. I think it's still new. It's Anyway, it's just things changing so quickly, and we're living in a world that's rapidly changing, and particularly in their mindsets. Uh, political correctness was no longer something uh, to just kind of sneer at before, but now it's become part and parcel of society. Where you can't say anything anymore that would offend people. And, and I think a lot of that political correctness comes from this prevailing worldview uh, that is derived from what's called the postmodern mindset. And the postmodern mindset says that everything, all truth is relative and is born out of this idea uh, that is called materialism or more specifically that we study in school, evolution. And materialism says that, that we are products of our biology and uh, because evolution says that we all started from a single cell organism that somehow in the simplicity of this organism somehow by just randomness and millions of years it, it evolved it grew to something so complex as to make you and i with all of our complexities with our eyes and nose and hearing and all the things that makes our body work and that same idea is given rise to this thought that somehow we are simply products of our biological makeup, that we are products of our brain. And uh, just whatever our brain says, that's what we do. Just like a computer program, whatever it spits out, that's what it gives. And the problem with that is, is that ultimately it, it, ha- it leads to this idea that if we are purely biological creatures acting upon the impulses of our brains to think and to do and to live, if that is true, then what we do and how we behave is is merely just a reaction to the programming. And the reason why that is so dangerous is because if I go ahead and hurt you, If I take your stuff, I can simply appeal to this idea, it's not my fault, my brain made me do it. I'm simply acting out of the neurological impulses of my brain. And so personal responsibility is somehow removed. Accountability is no longer a factor because we are simply acting out of our nature our biology and brothers and sisters i I think you would all know that this is antithetical to what god reveals in his word the bible tells us that we are responsible for our words and behaviors despite the political correctness that is surrounding our society we still live in a world thank god that that still brings people to account we call it the judicial system for if you break the law, you will still be accountable to that law. And, and this is what, what Scripture tells us. The Bible says that it is appointed unto every man once to die. Amen. This, this, everybody's appointed to die. This is an appointment that you cannot miss. You may be able to uh, accidentally sleep in on your dental appointment so you don't have to pay that $400. Uh, you can miss your doctor's appointment because you don't want to get the needle. <laughs> but the Bible says it is appointed unto every man who wants to die. Everybody's going to be at this appointment. You can't miss it. You, you can't sleep into it. You will die, and the scripture tells us, and then comes the judgment. Amen. Amen. There will be a judgment where we will have no excuse and we'll be standing before God and we will have to give an account for how we lived our lives. Amen. But can I tell you there's some good news. That Jesus Christ, he paid the penalty for us. He becomes the advocate. He becomes the one that paid the penalty for our sins. And so we are spared of the white throne judgment. That when you stand before God, God will see Jesus. When you are born again, when you repent of your sins and you get baptized in Jesus' name, the Bible says you put on Christ, amen, that somehow the advocate covers you and you stand before God and you can remember all the sins you committed in the past. But when God looks at you, he sees Jesus who is pure, who is holy, That's why I don't know who I'm talking to, but can I tell you, you've got to be born again. Except the man the Bible says in John chapter 3 is born again of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But I want you to know that today you can have that same experience that you can have Jesus covering you so that you know when your moment comes, when the time of your appointment is at hand we don't have to fear we don't have to be afraid because we're going to stand before God covered by the advocate we have one mediator between God and man and that's the man Christ Jesus oh thanks be to God thank you Jesus oh come on somebody if you're thankful for what Jesus did for you why don't you stand up to your feet and begin to thank the Lord for calvary hallelujah thank you jesus thank you for my deliverance thank you for my salvation thank you god that you paid for my sins and god i am free hallelujah hallelujah glory to god amen you ought to get excited every time we preach acts 238 i know you've heard it a hundred million times oh but there's a sinner there's somebody out here there's somebody online who doesn't know what it means to be born again amen that's why you ought to get excited well i heard it a million times before when you hear it a million and one times you ought to thank god because you can remember when god washed away your sin Oh, this is not my message. (laughs) Praise God but the Bible says restore unto me the joy of my salvation what is he talking about restore what do you mean you're lost because after a while when you've been in church a few years you've kind of forgotten what it was like to be lost to be in depression oh but when a new person comes and they give their life to Jesus and they get baptized in his name there's something that reminds us of our salvation we are reminded of when God washed us and filled us for the very first time hallelujah glory to God you may be seated that's why brother Sione brother Jacob there, there's nothing more joyful there's nothing that can give you more joy than leading somebody to salvation amen said well i don't know if i won powerball last week that would have been good i'm telling you there is no joy like the joy of his salvation there's no joy come on somebody like when you leave When you leave your loved one, when you lead your friend, somebody at work, and they hear the gospel from your mouth, and they get convicted in their hearts, and they say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I'm telling you, there's nothing more joyful, there's nothing greater than seeing somebody. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, I started too fast. I got to slow down i started too fast I, I gotta cut this short now <laughs> oh hallelujah amen we we are not merely products of our biology it's not the body that just causes us to do whatever we want that's what they'd like us to think so that, that you are no longer responsible for your actions but on the contrary uh, we are spiritual creatures the bible says when god created adam He spoke everything else into existence, but when it came to creating man, the Bible says he formed him. The allusion to that is that he used his hands like a potter would mold the clay. He got his hands dirty. Everything else he spoke, but when it came to you and I, he formed. He got his hands dirty. That's why we are so much more special than you think. And and here's what what that creation narrative tells us. The Bible says God breathed into this this clay, this earthen vessel form. From dust, that's why we say at the funerals, you know, from dust to dust. From dust we were created, to dust we will go back. He took this dust form, and the Bible says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And that same word breath in the Hebrew is also interpreted as spirit spirit. God breathed a spirit into this flesh, and something was created. The Bible says man became a living soul. And the word for soul is the same word. It can be interpreted interpreted in, in two different in different words in the English. It's the same word in the Hebrew, but in the English, it can also be used as mind that God, that man became a living soul, a living mind, and a living heart. Amen. And so we have this capacity called mind. And mind is separate from body. It's separate from brain. It's also kind of distinct from spirit, although they are all interconnected very closely. And this mind is, the, the function of the mind is your will, your intellect, and your emotions amen. And so it's very important for us to understand this, that, that your mind is not dictated to by your brain cells. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, we when we were in the world, we pretty much burnt up all of our brain cells with all of that drinking and drugs. Amen. But when we came to God, say, God, give me back some brain cells that I lost. But the Bible tells us that the living mind, it's not, it, it's not the brain that produces the mind, but rather the mind uses the human brain to tell this body what to do that's why you can't stand before god one day and say well the devil made me do it and and my mama was a rat bag and i i didn't have much money and that's why i ended up doing what no you have free will you have a mind that will tell your brain to move your body amen you know as creatures before as creatures without god whatever our body wanted to do we did Our bodies wanted to run here we ran here our bodies wanted to run there we ran there our bodies wanted to uh uh-huh we uh uh-huh but when you come to god now it's the other way around our minds tell our body what to do amen And, and so this is so important for us to understand we're gonna be looking at our beliefs but 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 we're gonna have to look first at how we believe Amen. Because God gave man autonomy. After he created him, he put him in the garden. He gave him a beautiful, lush place for him to inhabit, a wonderful, comfortable habitat for man to inhabit. And God said to him, Adam, you could eat of every tree, of every you could eat the fruit of every tree in the garden. And it was lush. You can just imagine how beautiful it was, with all the wonderful fruits that you could imagine. You had bananas, and you had mangoes and mangosteens and you had a pawpaw and papaya. I don't even know the difference between the two. Uh, yeah, yeah, you had all kinds. Of straw. You had everything. But I don't know if they had durian. Okay. I, for some of you asian folks southeast asian folks i don't know if they had durian Have you ever had that fruit it's like the heaven and hell fruit they say it tastes like heaven but smells like hell and God gave them the fruit and he said and he put a tree he said put one tree in the garden he said you can eat of every fruit from every tree except from that one tree and I'll you know I'd say this time and again but I want you to know that this is so important for us to understand this is such a valuable lesson that God why did he have to put that one tree there because if he didn't put that tree I often think in my immature thinking uh, that, that if there was no tree there then I wouldn't have any problems. I, I wouldn't have to pay the bills and I I wouldn't have to you know have all these issues and problems in life you know because we would be perfect and we would be innocent and everything would be perfect but God put that tree there because he needed to give man an opportunity to say no to him amen because man needed an opportunity in order for him to have the expression of love he had to have the opportunity to deny or reject god or to choose to follow him this is the greatest gift that god had given to humanity the gift of free will because free will is uh, love is only possible when there is free will Because without free will, it's merely force. We are merely, as C.S. Lewis says, automatons, robots, just simply doing what we were programmed to do. But God gave us choice, even at the expense. He knew, he even took, God took the risk that we would even say no and reject him. And yet he still created us and gave us free will so that love can have its full expression. Oh, thanks be to God. That's why faith and belief is so powerful because even though God wants to bless us and give us all of these things, yet there is this overarching principle. There is this overriding principle that God cannot remove, and that principle is the principle of free will that He will not hijack our autonomy, He will not make us and move us like some puppet master, and we are moving to the strings of His will. He said, No, you choose. Whatever you want in life, you choose. If you choose me, he said, you're choosing life. He said, I put before you life and death. Choose what you will. Oh, he didn't make it too hard. He said, here it is. Here's the good stuff and here's the bad stuff. But it's up to you. You decide whether you're going to follow me or not. God, Can I talk to somebody right now? He's not going to force you. He's not going to twist your arm and pull you by your ear and make you follow him. But he invites you into a relationship to know him, to love him, to walk with him. glory to God so he gave us free will we are not products of our biology but rather we are a mind that can think and here's what I came to tell you is that you've got to change your stinking thinking because majority of the problems is not the devil it's not the world But the problems that we often face including relationship problems including our problems when i walk with god it's because of what we believe it's because of what we hold in the fiber of our soul to be a conviction amen and when we came to god when we were born again god washed away our sins when we stepped in the waters of baptism he filled us with the holy ghost and i want you to know that immediately we are righteous As the moment you give your life to God, at that point, you are right with God. You are perfectly righteous. When you come up out of the waters of baptism, God doesn't see your sins any longer, but he sees Jesus. We are righteous, but unfortunately, here's the bad news. Our minds are not at that level of perfection. That's why he tells us in Romans 12 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Amen. That word transform in the Greek is where we get the word metamorphosis from, the way that a caterpillar metamorphoses into a butterfly, metamorphosizes into a butterfly. And that's what happens. We have to transform ourselves, our mind, by the renewing of our minds. So we've got, to, we've got to change the way that we think so that the way that we think can begin to catch up with how we are spiritually. It is our stinking thinking that leads us down the tubes. It is the battle the Bible says that the law of my mind is warring against the law of my flesh. Can I tell you that the spiritual battle—it's not always with the devil. It's not always with principalities and powers. And God's already—the battle the Bible says—is warring between my mind and my flesh. My flesh is inclined to sin. My flesh is inclined to do wrong. But God speaks to me through the law of my mind. And if I can get my mind to think right, if I can get my mind to think upon God's word and reject the lies of the enemy, oh, I'm telling you. There's gonna be a change. Now I know I run the risk of sounding like it's some mind over matter kind of stuff, or, or some psycho babble that you heard before. This is what they this is what they do in those motivational conferences. You know, you pay thousands of dollars to tell you they, they get you to tell you, "Yeah, you can do it," and, and you're there chanting for two hours. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. This is not that, but this is Bible. Proverbs 27 and 3. For as he thinks, that's who you are. Oh, hallelujah. And it's not, it's not the, the, the electrical impulses of, of the neurotransmitters of our brain. It's the mind that you and I have. And the mind is not physical, but it can affect the physical. Listen to this. Watch this. A study by the American Medical Association found that stress is a factor in 75% of illnesses and diseases that people suffer from today. Stress is a mental issue. 75%. What they're saying is, what you think about has the ability to affect your body. Watch this. The the International Agency for Research on Cancer and the World Health Organization have concluded that 80% Of cancers are due to lifestyle and not genetics it's how you live and how you live is determined by what you believe dr. Bruce Lipton a scientist who made great strides in understanding the effect of our thinking on our brain our gene disorders like Huntington's chorea cystic fibrosis says uh, that it affects less than 2% of the population and his study concluded that that means a staggering 98% of diseases are related to lifestyle choices or thinking. Here's one more. The American Institute of Health estimated that 75 to 90% of all visits to primary care physicians are for stress-related problems. Your thinking has the ability to determine even the health of your body. And what Dr. Caroline Leaf, in her research, cites so many numerous studies. Again, showing that thoughts, she says, can actually begin to create new pathways in the brain. This, this is crazy. Watch. Listen to this. Dr. Herbert Benson of Harvard Medical School's Mind and Body Institute said, positive feelings can change our DNA. The researchers found that HIV positive parents, patients rather, who had positive thoughts and feelings had 300,000 times more resistance to the disease than those without positive feelings. So, when we operate, here's what she said when we operate in our normal love design, which is being made in God's image, we are able to change our DNA. This blows my mind. Because if you think about it, how is it that our brain is able to to do all of these things? It can tell your hands to move, your mouth to speak, all of these incredible complex thoughts that would come to our brains. How is it? Well, you take the brain, you take a little cut of the the brain matter, and you look into a microscope, and you can see all of the, the cells and so on, and you can, at the very most powerful microscope, you can try to see the tiniest element that makes up the brain. But even beyond that, even smaller than the particles of the brain, uh, they can look and, and they, they can't see it anymore because it's too small. And so scientists begin to use mathematical calculation to determine what makes up all of matter. And they came up, their theory is called string theory. String theory is these little tiny things that you can't even see with a naked eye that makes up everything that we see as matter in this physical world. And so they said string theory actually moves. It's not static. It's alive. And, and Dr. Caroline Leaf says, if string theory is not static, if it's alive, how much more power do thoughts have the ability? Because thoughts, we might think they're just some kind of ethereal thing. You know, they're just thoughts and we don't really. He says, She said, how much power do they have when you begin to think positively to the extent where you believe what you are thinking she said it has the ability to create new dna new pathways in the brain oh hallelujah come on you are more powerful what you got inside of you your mind is more powerful than you think don't underestimate the power that you have to be able as he thinketh in his heart that's who you are you have the ability to create come on Yeah, the old saying goes, if you think you can't, you're right. But if you think you can, you're also right. If you believe the lies of the devil, that you'll never amount to anything, I guess you are right. Oh, but if you can look to God's word, if you can look at the Bible and believe it and trust in God's word. You're feeding new information. You're feeding new stuff. Oh, i'm not talking about some psycho battle i'm simply talking about that god created us as incredible creatures Amen. you get you got you know if you want your computer to do something sir, so you got to put a program in there right you got to do the same with it. because what is dna dna is information a, a guy by the name of anthony flew he was a big skeptical he was he he debated c.s lewis he passed away now he was a he was an atheist and before anthony Flew died you can watch this on youtube type in anthony Flew recanting atheism what caused him to change his mind what caused him to change his mind is the discovery of dna because dna is a code it's information that that tells your body that's why you renew your your skin cells are renewed every day that's why things that you know in your body it's renewed the blood is replenished that's why it's the same code that's set for you. That's why you, you don't wake up every other day and think, oh, I look, I look different now. I was Samoan yesterday. Now I'm, 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 I'm British. <laughs> You're the same person. And here's a great analogy for, uh, you know, they said it's like, it's like you, know, you walk along the beach and you see the ripples on the sand. And you know that the ripples on the sand were made by nature, by the, the sea and the water. But when you see in the sand a something written like a, a ray loves Pura" and a love heart, you're not going to say, well, well, the sea did that or nature did that. No, we attribute that to a mind because it contains information. And what scientists are telling us is that DNA, it contains information. And what Dr. Caroline Lee's research shows is you have the ability to change your DNA by thinking the right way. Hallelujah. I've come to help somebody all of our life. 30 years 40 years 50 years we've been brought up to think a certain way we've been brought up to think negative things we thought that in order for us to enjoy life we got to get inebriated and drunk and off our face and we got to go and bully people we've been brought up to think that in order for have to have, have peace to somehow we've got to dominate over people and and that's why we're so unhappy can i tell you it's time to tear down the strongholds it's time to change those assumptions and beliefs hallelujah that's why paul told timothy said take heed to yourself he says says watch yourself and we as human beings have this incredible ability different from animals in that we are what we call transcendent creatures in other words we have the ability to to turn around and look at ourselves and begin to evaluate who we are why you know we have sometimes we do that a little too much you end up talking to yourself in the car and people think you're crazy so why did i do that why did i just I, i have many of those regrets why did i say that to my wife now i'm not gonna have dinner that's i'm gonna have to get takeaway tonight we have this ability to create a, an ability to, to, to self-reflect, to self-assess ourselves. Animals don't do that. You know, I you have a male lion in the savannah looking at his nails, and no, saying, I shouldn't have eaten that antelope. That was, that was very mean of me. We have this capacity to think about how we think and what we think. That's why it says what you believe in your heart will bring you salvation it's your belief system that i have to ask you to question because there's some things that we believe that are not true and here's what he says in in second second corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 okay remember this is 10 4 10 4 big buddy all right here it is He says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they're not physical we're not wrestling we're not fighting israel at whatever we are uh, we they're but they're mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds what are strongholds strong here here's the battle the strong strongholds are, are those fortified structures that that are designed for soldiers to fight against the enemy obviously Paul's not talking about us going out and looking for forts looking for strongholds but here he clarifies in verse uh, verse number five he says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge there it is of God and bringing into captivity every thought there it is to the obedience of christ that's our battle is bringing down the strong what strong the strongholds in our minds those convictions those beliefs that are with us and through those beliefs we see the world we process the world through our set of beliefs through our foundation or what paul says to take heed to yourself and unto the doctrine there it is take heed to the doctrine of god because in them you will both save yourself and them that listen to you he said oh you know it's it's just all about love and it's all just about nice feeling no the the bible says time and again he said watch out for false teachers watch out he said don't be tossed about with every wind of idea of doctrine that will tell you oh go run here there's magic water here if you get the magic water you're going to be healed oh there's this lady here who had a vision of hell go to her oh oh there's somebody we're, we're getting tossed about with every wind of doctrine but he said take heed to the doctrine of god because as a result you're going to be saved you're going to save yourself and those that listen to you oh i think this is going to be a long series i'm trying to preach it all at once today i'm sorry i got i got to bring down this plane i've got to put my landing gear down i got to i gotta have lunch it's it's 12 30. yeah i think i'm not getting anybody saying keep going that's okay (laughs) i'm gonna wrap it up But what we believe or our convictions can be found in that in that 2 corinthians chapter 10 it's like a progression it's a strongholds strongholds imaginations uh, uh knowledge and thought Three things we know are from the mind and so he must be referring the fourth thing is to also a mind it's like a progression it begins with a thought ever wake up in the morning and just kind of thinking random things And I think why am i thinking that where did that come from because your your, your mind is so complex it's like and i think it's one of those greek philosophers who said you know thoughts are like birds that come they just come flying over your head everybody gets them everybody gets a bird flying over the head but he said just don't let it nest in your head okay that's why you got to wash your hair more frequently (laughs) so there's no nest built (laughs) but if you entertain the thought long enough it builds a nest or it becomes the thought becomes knowledge okay And, and knowledge is something now you begin to believe and then from knowledge you use your imaginations and in other words, you use other arguments, you use your imagination you, to, to, to filter information and to reinforce that knowledge until it becomes a stronghold. It, like, let me give you an example, okay? Let's, uh, you know, you, you come to church and you think, oh, well, uh, that, that, you know, that, that sister didn't say hello to me. And so that becomes a thought. She goes, oh, she didn't say hi. She doesn't like me. Is my dress or something? Is- and you kind of dwell on that thought you dwell on it long enough until it becomes knowledge to where you believe it and then because it becomes knowledge you now start using imaginations to reinforce that knowledge and so next time you see that person again and again they kind of didn't say hello to you so oh imagination reinforcing yeah i'm right i'm right until it becomes a stronghold until you are utterly convinced the next time, and you don't know maybe that sister's going through the biggest battle of her life she can't even see anybody she's walking in a a daze because she's having such a hard time and next time you see her you're like how dare you you know and she's like what what are you talking yeah you've you've got the stronghold already and i'm not that's just a little a a bit of a silly (laughs) example but but can i tell you it can happen that way Praise God to wear our strongholds, but the Bible says through God we can pull them down. We can begin to destroy these these assumptions. In NASA space, the NASA space program. There were uh, one piece that they needed for the space shuttle it was called an SRB. An SRB was being created in another part of the country in the United States. And, and they, they told them when they first created the SRB, it was too big, not too big for the space shuttle, but too big to transport. They said it had to be four feet and eight and a half inches in width so that it can fit on a train. And because the train was the best method of, of transporting this very expensive piece of machinery that would go on the space shuttle. And so, as this uh, four, and a, four feet and eight and a half inches, it's because of it was the width of a train. That's the width of the, the train that's normally rides on the train tracks. And so, have you ever wondered why why is it that the, the, the width of the train track is four feet and eight and a half, eight and a half inches? It's because the people who invented the, the railroad system created that width because that was the width that was created by the ruts on the road that was carrying the carts that were pulled by the horses. That was the the width of the ruts of the wheels of the cart. And so, but why were the wheels of the cart that width? Why were they at that distance of four feet and eight and a half inches? Well, it goes all the way back to the Romans, to the Roman times, who were the ones who built roads. They were the first civilization to really build roads all throughout the world and they built the roads at eight, uh, four feet and eight and a half inches. Why did they build the roads at four feet and eight and a half inches? Because that was the width of their chariot wheels. Why did they make the chariot wheels four feet and eight and a half inches? Because that was the width of two horses behind that carried the chariots So the SRBs of the NASA space shuttle program is being determined by the Roman times of the behinds of two horses. That's exactly the same as our assumptions. Do you ever wonder why you act the way that you act? You react to circumstances the way that you do? We make all of these assumptions. You know, it's like, Brother Will, remember that? It's like that old roast pork, you know, the, the roast pork that, you know, the, the, his wife was making roast pork. She cut the other en- either ends of the roast pork, puts it in the tray, and then he asks his wife, why do you cut the other en- either ends of the roast pork? And she says, I don't know. My mother always da- did it that way. So he asks his mother-in-law, why, why is it that you cut the either ends of the roast pork and then you put it in the, in the oven? She goes, I don't know. My mother did it that way her mother was still alive so he went and asked grandma grandma why do you cut the roast pork on either end and put it in the tray and put it in oh that's simple honey when i was younger our trays were only about this wide we carry the same assumptions we have the same belief and mindset that are not healthy that's why you got to get the word of god in your spirit that's why you need to open up your bible every single day that's why you got to talk to jesus every day because this old mind it still got reflections and throwbacks of the world i need a new mind i need a new way of thinking i need a new life oh hallelujah that's why we come to church every week that's why we go to connect group every week that's why we do bible studies and new life classes why because we got to think anew i got to change my belief i want to believe what god says Hallelujah. And if you believe what God says, you don't ever have to backslide. You don't ever have to walk away from God. You can trust. But whatever he says, even when I feel down, even when I feel lonely, even when my mother and father forsake me, my belief that God says, I will pick you up. Hallelujah. I got to close. Musicians, if you come. This is my second. Here's my second closing. Let me give you something else. Dr. Dr. Gail Ironson, a leading mind and body medicine researcher at the University of Miami, said that most significant, the most significant factor that made a difference in healing for those with HIV was their choice to believe in a benevolent and loving God especially if they chose to have a loving and personal relationship with him with this god her study ran for four years and her determination of healing was based on the decrease of their viral load the amount of aids virus in a sample of blood and the increased concentration of what they call helper t-cells the higher the concentration the more the body is able to fight the disease She found that those who didn't believe that God loved them lost helper T-cells three times faster and their stress levels were higher with damaging amounts of cortisol flowing in their body. And Dr. Ironson summarizes her research by saying this, listen to this. She said, if you believe God loves you, it's an enormously protective factor, even more protective than scoring low for depression or high in optimism a view of a benevolent god is protective but scoring high on the personalized statement god loves me is even stronger science folks science is backing up this idea of what you believe can can literally change your life change your body can influence your dna i i I don't know i'm just reading all this stuff i'm not a scientist but I, all I know is if you what you believe can have an incredible impact on your life. That's why the Bible says if you meditate on God's Word, Psalms chapter 1, day and night, that means your mind is being dominated, not, not thoughts of evil, not thoughts of sin. We, we were brought up to think that life is about enjoying lives and having pleasure. Smoking this, drinking that, sleeping with this, sleeping with that we we were brought up to think that that's where we find happiness he said if you meditate on his word day and night he said you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water its roots will begin to listen to me whatever you do he says it will not you will not fail your your fruit will, will bear in season your leaf will not wither and whatever you do he says if you meditate day and night you shall prosper that's why we worship god that's why we sing these songs because you know the early church they didn't have iPads and tablets in the first century church they didn't even have bibles they had to remember God's word you know how they did it they sang songs because singing it over and over would get it in your spirit until you believe it until I believe that he is a way maker that even if you you get a, a negative report from the doctor. You say, "Excuse me, doctor, just give me one moment." You can step out of that doctor's office, and you say, "God, I'm just going to have a little three-minute praise break." Waymaker, miracle worker, He's a promise keeper. You keep singing the songs until it gets into your belief. Whatever you believe, it's going to save you, or it will damn you. Hallelujah i got to close with this story, and I promise I, I will let you go. If you need to leave, please go. But this story really blew me away, and this is the final story, I promise. Brother T.F. Tenney, how many know Brother Tenney? T. F., the late Reverend T.F. Bishop Tenney, Father of Tommy Tenney, tells a tells story of a man who was a, mission, who was a pastor in, in Vietnam during the Vietnam War. His name was Brother Danang. And Brother, he got a phone call one day. Brother Tenney got a phone call from this man and he tells he begins to tell the story when the Vietnam War broke up broke out the American missionaries flew back to the states but the the Vietnamese Nationals had to stay and when the Viet Cong came in and took over they arrested Brother Da Nang and put him in a concentration camp they were uh, communists. they were Marxist uh uh, group the the Viet Cong and and when they found out that he was a not only a, a Christian but also a pastor all the other prisoners uh, ostracized him from their their mix. they didn't want to be associated with him and every day over the loudspeaker they would hear marxist statements of ideology being blared out every day saying religion is the opiate of the people that's what karl marx wrote and you know our universities there they're, they're worshipping of the altar of karl marx and and so for 2 years because he was a christian they gave him the lowest job in the camp the lowest job in the camp every day he had to clean out the toilets he had to clean the latrines and and, you know you can't imagine this was no club med this was not a five-star resort this is early 70s early late 60s early 70s Vietnam in the jungles and after two years of being lonely isolated of hearing this uh, words these ideas coming into his head every day he decided he woke up one morning and said well maybe they're right maybe there is no god i think today i'm just going to give up any hopes on god and just become one of them and so he decided and as he went about his duties cleaning out the latrine and pulling it out all of a sudden something caught the corner of his eye He saw a little little piece of paper that was in one of those buckets. And this intrigued him immediately because in the camp, you're not allowed any kind of written material, no kind of publication. But he saw it. He picked it up straight away. You can imagine the condition it was in, in the the bucket. He had to clean it out, put it under his shirt. He's aiming to read it on later. And when he got to a time where he's by himself in the camp, he opened up that piece of paper. Having made the decision... That he's no longer to be lived for God. But when he opened up that paper, he began to read these words. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter." Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Here's what Paul said He said, I believe, I am persuaded in the core that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. God knew. God knew his breaking point. Can I tell you, God knows when you can't take it anymore. He knows how much you can bear. And God spoke to him from a piece of toilet paper. How is God speaking to you? Maybe he's speaking to you through this message. Immediately he changed, and here's the rest of the story. I gotta tell. Within two weeks' time, they released Brother Dan Ang from out of that camp. He walked out of there within two weeks' time. I'm telling you, if you if you have a mindset based on God's word, it will open doors for you. He will make a way. Come on, somebody. So he decided. He's, he's going to go, he's going to go to the United States and tell his story. So he goes to the coast. He had no money, no passport, nothing. He goes to the, to the water near the coast. He sees a boat that was in disrepair. So he decides, I'm going to fix this boat. I'm going to get in it. I'm going to sail over to Hong Kong and then I'm going to go and fly over to the United States and so he starts fixing up this boat and then he's as he's fixing it two soldiers come by two communist soldiers they look at him and they said hey what do you think you're doing and he said oh he said i'm just fixing this for the for the fishermen and then they kind of looked at him suspiciously but they let him go they went on their way and he was so convicted he said i'm sorry god i I lied listen god forgive me but the next time they come back i'm gonna tell them the truth of course he was praying please don't let them come back <laughs> but sure enough they came back and they said to him what are you really doing what are you really up to and he turned around and told him listen this is what i'm going to do i'm fixing up this boat to sail to hong kong and i'm going to go to the u.s and he's thinking I'm, I'm, I'm dead i'm a goner and they said the soldier said to him we knew it we knew you were up to something and then they said can we come with you So he and the two soldiers sailed to Hong Kong and he made his way to the United States and he gets on the phone and he rings up Brother T.F. Tenney and he tells him the story of what happened. I'm telling you, you can trust in a God that loves you. He's crazy about you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you so much that he gave his life for you hallelujah, would you stand to your feet right now I gotta stop oh hallelujah, hallelujah lift up your voices all over this house if you want to receive the love of God you can receive it if you want the Holy Ghost He can give it to you you just gotta believe that He loves you enough to pour out in you His Holy Spirit lift up your voices right now in Jesus name Father, we come before you today Lord, we're asking you to touch our hearts, to touch our lives. We're asking you to fill us again with your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord God, that our mindsets would begin to change. That the battle of the warfare is in our hearts and minds. To think your thoughts, to think your words, to meditate until we believe, until we are persuaded that neither life nor death nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. I've got to stop, but this altar is open, and I, and God is just beginning to do something in your life. For a few moments, why don't you step out of your seats? If you truly believe, remember the if belongs to you. God's already here. He's already got your healing. He's already got your blessing. He's already got your deliverance. He's already got your promise. But you've got to activate it by faith. Nothing happens. Staying where you are. Oh, hallelujah. This altar is open. It's time to believe the truth and disperse the lies. It's time to believe His promises. Oh, hallelujah. <speaking in Spanish> Glory to God. Come on Ministers and leaders, come and pray for those who are here. Come on, it's time to tear down those assumptions, those lies that you've carried, that you've been brought up with, that are negative. Not all of it is bad, but it's time to pull down the bad strongholds and create new ones of God's Word. I believe God has a purpose for my life, that He loves me, that He's working in me. Oh, hallelujah.